Welcome to Improve, where attaining a vigorous life is just part of daily improvements. Hi and welcome back for another episode. So today I'm going to talk to you about Sir Ernest Shackleton and his absolutely astonishing journey on his ship, the Endurance. So a little background story. This takes place, you know, it starts off in 1914 and Sir Shackleton, he set sail with his crew the same exact day, Great Britain, he's from uh, Great Britain, enters World War I. So he sends a letter to Winston Churchill and, you know, he's asking, hey, can we go on this journey or do you want us to come back and fight for the war effort? So they, you know, and his whole crew, they decided, you know, if they want us to World War I, we're going to go. We're not just going to go frolic around and adventuring. So they sent this letter and they got a simple telegram back that says proceed. So with that, they take off on their trip. Now, Shackleton, his background, he grew up in a family. He married into a family with a a wife that has a good amount of money, but he still wants to be able to provide for his family. So he's always trying different things to really make a name for himself. He wanted to be someone of prominence. His father was a doctor and he was trying business. He's tried a little bit of politics, wasn't really going well, but he found out that in his time period, exploration and being an adventurer brought a lot of fame and some success, financial success. So he went on these trips with other people um, they, they went okay. One trip he was sent back um, when they got really close to the South Pole, they were, I believe 97 miles away. They, had to send, they get sent back by poor planning and um, he was sent back himself in particularly and blamed the incident, but it wasn't really his fault if you get into that story. But anyway, he goes on, he wants to be, you know, he's trying to be the first of the pole and somebody else to get the, gets there first. So now he's setting up this new trip uh, trans-Antarctic exploration and he wants to go across Antarctica and be the first person to go from one side to the other. So that's kind of his little claim to fame is going for now. So we start this off and it's really, he's an amazing leader and the way he puts together his teams is astonishing. He puts this want ad in the newspaper and all it says is men wanted for hazardous journey, small wages, bitter cold, Long months of complete darkness, constant danger, safe return doubtful, honor and recognition in case of success. That was his want ad. And he had hundreds of people, you know, applying for this job. And he interviewed everybody he could in person. Um, it's really an interesting story, the types of interviews he did. And he was really basing it off a of character more than anything else. And he puts together this team and... Eventually they set sail. Now Shackleton himself, he, he leaves a little bit later and the ship goes with uh, Captain Worsley's captain who's his number two guy and he became his number two from working closely with him over uh, previous trips and that's actually an amazing story. I'll get into a little bit later on but they have the same vision of what they want but they complement each other very well. Uh, Shackleton is a different type of leader than Worsley and because they have the same vision the same overall goal but different ways of doing that, that leads to a lot of success in how they actually get through this whole trip. So what actually happens? So this adventure, eventually they get stuck on the ice, right? So they, they go down and they're supposed to, they stop at South Georgia Island 
and they get some gear and they hang out there for a, a bit. And you know, everything's kind of a little crazy at that point because Shackleton is not on there to oversee the ship. So he kind of lays down the law and sets everything you know, good to go. And then they take off again from South Georgia Island down to Antarctica in the Weldon Sea. So while they're in the Weldon Sea, they want to kind of get a little closer than the original plan, a little like further down so they don't have to travel on land as much, just rather just float in the boat. So they're trying to break through the ice and get down there. And they were warned that's the worst ice conditions in years, but who cares kind of thing. They just kind of venture down further, further. And they're getting stuck, but they get out. They're getting stuck, but they get out. And eventually, they just get really stuck. And this is when the real adventure ha happens. It's the greatest story of survival I've ever heard. Uh, feel free to comment and send other stories. Uh, I'd love to research them and see if they're more interesting. And even if they're not more interesting, but as long as they're good, we'll share them here. But his boat gets stuck. And in the end of all this, he keeps these people, 28 people alive for 21 months. So a little under two years. So... The boat gets stuck in the ice for 10 months, all right? And during this 10-month period, it's, you know, it's okay. It's actually a kind of, no one really gets depressed or gets um, any kind of suicidal thoughts or anything like that. Everyone's really happy. Everyone's extremely positive. And you can read, he, he has the rights to all the journals. So you can read through all the shipmates' journals. And everyone's, you know, very positive that they're going to survive. No issues at all. We're having a great time. The men are playing card games, they're hosting plays, they're taking any kind of chance they can to do a celebration. And mind you, this is all in Antarctica where there's months of complete darkness, sub-zero temperatures. And they, they're totally cool with that. And they kind of made the ship into more of a home and they have big tea, uh, family dinners and all that good stuff. But eventually, after 10 months, the ship sinks. Well, it starts to sink. So they have to abandon it. So now they, they live on these ice flows for the next five months. And these ice flows, I like to think of them as like, kind of like icebergs, but they're longer and lower to the ground, well, lower to the water. And now they're floating around on these ice flows to survive. And everything's still cool. Um, there's no issues at all. They're having these soccer games. You can watch soccer games, go God's photographs of this whole trip. There's some photos, there's some videos. And it's definitely worth Googling because they're absolutely astounding. And everyone's just so positive. And it has to do with the leadership between Shackleton and his men. Shackleton identifies the, uh, the, the troublemakers because there's a couple of people that are just not 100% in, into it. So... He makes sure he keeps them as close to him as he can so there's no mutiny. And that's just, you know, that's very smart. They're kind of toxic characters and you can't get rid of them. In a normal job, you can't fix somebody. If you try to fix them, you can't fix them. You get rid of them. Well, you can't get rid of them if you're trapped in Antarctica. So what does he do? He keeps them by his side and has them sleep at his tent. So this goes on uh, for five months and then the icebergs, they're kind of getting a little north, they're floating you know, north, so the icebergs, oh sorry, ice flows start to melt. So once these ice flows start to melt, uh, they get into the boats, and then uh, they float around for a couple of weeks until they get to this pretty much rock. It's, called, it's an island, but it's, just, it's a giant rock. 
and it's pretty salvaged out here. And they've been living off of penguins and, you know, some stores of food for a while. But now there's really nothing going on. And um, they realize they're going to die in this rock if Shackleton doesn't do something about it. So Shackleton puts together a six-man crew and takes them on a 17-day, 800-mile journey to Elephant Island. Sorry, from Elephant Island to South Georgia Island where they originally stopped to pick up some stuff and kind of hang out before the major trip went underway. So they, you know, they strengthen the, the, the rowboats and make them a little better. And they go on this 800 mile journey with pretty much like this, it's like a compass mechanism where you kind of have to look at the sun and the horizon to figure out where you're going. And the weather's awful. It's considered the worst ocean weather in the world. And they make it, they somehow make it to South Georgia Island. But the issue is they're on the wrong side of the island. So now Shagatay and his men have to cross over this mountain range that's never been traversed before. They don't have a map and they don't have gear. And they've been starving for like roughly 18 months at this point. So think about this. It's a 26 mile hike over these mountains, by the way. It's not like a m one mountain. So they have a, a marathon that they have to go across this mountain range that no one's done before. They've been starving for a year and a half and they take the nails out of the boat and put them to the bottom of the shoes. So that's now the, uh, the, the climbing gear and that's all they have. And they, they, they do this. They actually make it to salvation. And when they get there, the, um, you know, he starts talking to the people and they're covered in like soot and they're filthy and they stink. And he's like, hey, I'm sure Ernest Shackleton. You know, what's going on? How, you know, how's everything going? How's the war? And the people respond to him, the whole world's gone mad. And it's, it's an interesting perspective because you have, you know, don't forget, you have this incredible adventure going on now. And then you have World War I happening, which is, it's, you know, an absolutely astonishing event in human history that's it's so sad, but so interesting to learn about. And I highly, highly, highly recommend listening to Dan Carlin's Hardcore History Blueprint uh, for Armageddon podcast series. It's my favorite series. Uh, he covers World War in that amazingly. But that's all going on during this adventure. So the whole world is really going mad if you think about it. And Shackleton is referred to his men as a lot of great leadership, you know, amazing quotes by his men in the journals. But one of them is he's the greatest leader that ever came on God's earth, bare none. You know, he was just known for being able to make a team kind of come together. Um, you know, he, he set up, like I said, he had soccer games going on the ice flows. He had these people doing art, poetry, plays. They never had any kind of doubt in their mind that they were going to survive. No one died. Out of this whole trip, all 28 people made it back alive. Um, and it's just he kept morale high. Any excuse he could to have a celebration, he would. He would celebrate. He wouldn't celebrate his birthday per se, but they'd celebrate, you know, as people like, okay, I don't want to celebrate your birthday. We'll make this celebration near your birthday anyway. It's not for you, but it is. He knew how to make bonds with his people. And bring them close together. He really got to know them. But he also kept his distance. Like when he was on the ship, he still had his own private sleeping quarters. And he opened them up when he needed to. So, you know, if people needed a little more space or comforting, he brought them in. But he didn't want to be just another one of the guys and lose that power. So he had this amazing balance that he kept. That was astonishing. Uh, you know, he kept the troublemakers under his eyes so they couldn't have a mutiny. And he really led by example. And in the end, he had that 800-mile journey that took 17 days in this little boat with him and uh, Blue's five other people. And he, he went on there himself. And now while they're on this boat, it's kind of interesting because 
he left Captain Worsley, he's, you know, I mentioned him before, in charge, the captain. He's an amazing leader in, in a different way. And the reason why he could allow him to stay behind and trust him to succeed is because they've worked together in the past and they've built a relationship. So how was that particular relationship built? Kind of interesting. It all was due to a biscuit. So remember I mentioned that Shalpatin was on a different adventure before this. And he got sent back early. Uh, well, for, before he got sent back early, the whole crew went back early. And it was because they ran out of food. They were very short in food because poor planning by um, the expedition leader, which I believe was uh, Scott. And he just it was more of a military leader, and it wasn't a military setting, so his people didn't like him, where Shackleton wasn't really a military leader. He's more of a, um, I guess, like a teacher, coach kind of leader. And you really have to know your environment to see what works. And Scott's you know, military hierarchy kind of bossing people around was not working this environment is people didn't like him because of that and he had poor planning and anyway they so they ran out of food and they're going back and they're close to the home base and they're starving absolutely starving and Shackleton who's already kind of getting the blood of it from Scott gives his last biscuit to Worsley and in his diary Worsley writes something along the lines of never has any man ever done such a great deed for someone else before something like that I'm paraphrasing and he earned Worsley's trust. Before this moment, they had a little conflict. But now he earns his trust, and they're partners. So, you know, Shackleton does another adventure after that, and Worsley's like his storemate, uh, his storekeeper on that trip. You know, he gives him some responsibility, and they learn how to work together. And now they're on this endurance expedition, and his sec he's his second in command. And it's all because of that biscuit, that one simple act of putting your people before yourself that, you know, earn this trust that you know, has come into play in such a large theater, uh, the large stage, that's amazing. Yeah, another instance of Shackleton looking up for his men is one night when they were back in the ice flows, he, he know like, the morale was starting to drop. So he's like, all right, what can I do to get morale up? He's like, I have an idea. So he took a couple of people at like one o'clock in the morning and they went back to the ship. The ship was sinking, but it hadn't sunk yet. And this is like hours in the dark in Antarctica, you know, it's freezing, right? And they go and they bring back some barrels of milk so that people can have warm milk in the morning. And they all, they all took it and they all drank it. And they were like appreciative, but they didn't even know what went on. Shackleton went, risked his life with a couple of other men to get milk, to heat it up so that people can have warm milk in the morning. Because think about it, that little cup of warm milk when you're freezing in Antarctica for months at this point is a whole world. And he never like said, like, I did this. He just did it, and that was it. And obviously things like that, he wrote in his journal, and that kind of bothered him a little bit that he didn't get recognition, but at the same time, it didn't bring up, hey guys, you should have recognized me for this. He did what he needed to do, and he moved on. So, I mean, Shackleton is an absolutely incredible story. You know, again, just to kind of like recap, you know, the ship gets stuck, and, you know, he stays on the ship for 10 months with his people, and they're floating around for five months in these ice flows, and there's a few weeks of these boats, and then he gets to Elephant Island. Um, the people that stay on Elephant Island are there for roughly three months because it takes Shackleton multiple attempts to get back to the island because uh, of ice. But they're trying and he gets them back out eventually. Everybody lives. Uh, you know, his venture over Georgia Island mountains, it's actually what he's known for is he finally was the first person to do something and it was to traverse those mountains in South Georgia Island and when he was trying to get help. And the elevation of those mountains was, you know, it was over 4,500 feet, temperature dropping below zero easily. Um, I mean, it was just an amazing story. Definitely worth 
looking into. There are multiple books on it. Uh, the Shackleton Way, I think, is a really good one. It kind of analyzes his leadership styles. And it's just the story of the endurance. Um, that's my favorite. I have, I've given out multiple copies of that and sent them to people, but honestly, I can't find them anymore. I've given out so many. Um, but yeah, so look at the Shackleton. And please, you know, there's a YouTube video. It's, um, it's part of my leadership course on my website for my new membership plans. So if you know when you sign up my memberships now, you get in-person training for either personal training or personal development. And that comes with all the classes, the in-person classes, the online videos for workouts, the leadership development course. And the story of Shackleton is in that leadership development course. The course is called Coaching Theory. And it has a movie in there and everything else and some questions and a way to, like, you know, to help yourself think of what was going on these this instance and how you can be a better leader by learning by sh from Shackleton. All right, thank you. And as always, remember to always improve.